Hey, Liz, how's it going? What's up with you this week? Oh, my gosh. Not much, Doug. It's been a busy week for all of us in seller land. Yes. 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 But Today, not, all of, not all of us had a video that's going viral or <laughs> multiple versions of the video. So I'm going to I'm going to address this. So this is some this is was your secret project you were working on for a while. And yeah. now it's been put live this week. So like you're everywhere on eBay. You're Miss eBay now. It's crazy to me. Absolutely Do you have a crazy. Did they send you a banner and a sash? <laughs> a crown? <laughs> so, tell, so quick, tell us about that. So yeah, eBay reached out to me and asked if I wanted to be a part of their Seller Spotlight series where they're highlighting just different small business owners in the community. And, you know, I think my first, you know, knee-jerk reaction was to respond back and be like, you know, this is Liz O'Kane, right? Like, <laughs> you didn't confuse me with somebody. Um, because I've been watching all of the Seller Spotlight videos and so many amazing people. I'm like, but I'm just Liz in her basement checking <laughs> some clothes, right? Well, you know, Jennifer but, Lopez was just Jenny from the block, too. So maybe you're the, the Jennifer basement. Lopez of eBay. I'm just Lizzie in her basement. I don't know. <laughs> but here's the thing. And through mentorship and talking to some sellers that have been through this before, you know, it's it's really about telling everybody's story, right? So some of these business owners created a product that they're selling on eBay. They're uh, found eBay during the pandemic and found their niche and has been killing it for the last year. You know, just all these highlights. and. Um, their stories weren't like mine. And I feel that my story is so common. I think most of the people listening, like our stories are so familiar. Mm -hmm. um, so I just felt like I had the opportunity to be the voice of sellers just like us, like sellers in the community, sellers that have found the community and lean on the community. So eBay asked if I would do a seller spotlight. I said yes. And we worked out. Uh, times and dates and interviews and they sent a film crew to my house to watch me work and ask me questions nice and where can we find these various videos on the ebay for business youtube channel and then you were also featured in the community at community.ebay.com yes that's right several i was questions several-ish questions with liz o'kane yes so they did um seven seller questions that is on the community page on eBay. And then I think a seller tips video that they pulled out of that too. There you go. So yeah, pretty exciting, pretty nerve wracking. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that a lot of people listening are probably like me. Like it was a lot. You, okay, Doug, you know how hard it was for me to put myself out there and even come on a podcast. That's and true. what have I said hundreds of times? Outside of podcasting, I'm just I hate her video. I hate being on camera. I hate oh, that camera. is true. You've said that you you're not a fan of doing videos of the podcast, um, things like that. That is true. Yeah, so it took a lot for me to do that, but I overcame it, and um, I think that the production company did a great job putting it all together because and I they was were there all day. You're talking like twelve hours of footage right yes yeah they were here all day filming at the house well you Moving did a great furniture. job <laughs> Moving, you're rearranging your house this is not the work for us right the director had a beret and a cigarette and a canvas <laughs> chair says, this will not work for me you must move this couch no i need what more your... from you lise <laughs> what does your neighbor's house look like can Cry we go over me. there <laughs> No, but it was island. really fun. It was really fun. And let me tell you, uh, eBay did such a great job at walking me through the process. They were so kind and kept me in the loop and the production company. Everybody was amazing. So when I was filming, there were two people in my house, a couple directors on a Zoom call all day. Like they were on Zoom all day. Nice. You know, COVID precautions, you know, we kind of had to keep that in mind. Um, so it was a little bit different because this yeah. wasn't just filmed last week. You know, this was 
a couple months ago. Yeah. Um, so we were, you know, we, we had to do that. There were, you know, eBay staff on zoom during the interviews, everything. So it took an entire crew to put this together. Um, so a, I'm super appreciative of that, but just to let the community know that, you know, eBay is genuine about reaching out and telling seller stories and trying to be a part of the community and tell the community story. I know sometimes it's hard to think that like I even do it. I'm guilty. Right. I think that that's probably what started a conversation with us was a post I made on Instagram a couple years ago. I was frustrated and I posted out of frustration and it's hard to lose sight of that sometimes, especially when you're frustrated and a change gets made. But in the big picture, I mean, eBay does care about their community and they invite their sellers to tell their stories, invite their sellers to participate. Yeah. Kind of like today. It's eBay open day. It's I hope eBay everybody's registered. It's a big day. Yeah. Hopefully you've all planned out your agendas. I have. I'm looking forward to three days of fun um, and interesting. You know, there's a lot of seller involvement again. And I just wanted to say, too, is, you know, I totally agree that eBay does care about sellers, seller stories. I mean, that's all part of the seller community. You know, it's like Liz is very humble, but her story is amazing and inspiring. And a lot of sellers think that they don't have a story, but everybody has a story. And one of the interesting things, Liz, is we've got a great story on the show today. Yes. My friend Sarge and his wife, D. Sergeant Reds. His name is John, but I've called him Sarge for years. <laughs> but Sergeant Reds, and they have an amazing story that they're going to tell us. So should we, should we just get into it? Let's do it, Doug. All right. Do we want to do I'm Liz and I'm Doug? Yeah, that's okay. our thing, Liz. Okay. <laughs> I'm Liz. And I'm Doug. Welcome to the Seller Community Podcast from Liz Perfectly. This is episode 25. And again, this was a fun one. And yes. John and Dee are on. Toy Collectors, an amazing story, but that we'll let them tell. I met John at the very first eBay retail revival in Akron, Ohio, a couple of years ago. We, we were there a couple of days. And then uh, it snowed. I was super excited. And then it snowed and it snowed and it kept snowing and it kept snowing. And I was literally outside in the snow making snow angels and throwing snowballs and making a snowman. And no one would come out and play with me in the snow. That's because you're a SoCal guy. Oh, you don't see snow that often. That's People right. in Ohio are probably like, this man has lost his mind. Well, and Get all the inside. eBay people were just standing inside watching me. <laughs> How many times have you seen snow in your life, Doug? I was you early on. I was born in New York, so early on. That's right. And lived there till I was ten. So I've seen my share of snow. Did they have snow in those days? Yes, they had snow. It was <laughs> man-made snow, actually. <laughs> I'm just messing. And with then you. once in once in Temecula in Southern California, where I lived, it snowed on New Year's Eve, and that was the first time in I don't know how many years it had snowed. So we get That's close, awesome. but you know, as you know, in Colorado, the land of perfect weather, everything <laughs> has to be perfect for it to snow. So we do, we we rarely get all the ingredients for a good snow like you do in Colorado. In fact, I think you have a blizzard this afternoon. Yeah, probably. I haven't checked the weather. <laughs> no, I think we're coming up on our hottest uh, hottest week. Eh, maybe not, but it's been warm this week. Uh, All right. Well, that's sellers good. can relate to this. I just talked to somebody. Somebody's like, I just sold, I think they sold a pair of winter boots. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I sold a down coat this week. Yeah. People are so, prepping. Yeah, so seller pro tip, don't hold on to seasons if you don't that's want true. to. If but, you have uh, it and you have nothing else to list, get it up. That's right. And so what do you think of our chat with Sergeant Red, John and D? Uh, they're amazing. I'm so glad. So I read, eBay did a spotlight on them. They did an article on their story. And I remember you telling me, hey, my friend John and D, Sergeant Red. And I'm like, I know that name. And I'm so glad that I got to meet them and talk to them and hear more of their story. And I hope everyone here enjoys their story also. And again, you know, it's a great story. They've built a great brand around what yes. they do. 
they're launching a brick and mortar that's going to be that's going to be a big part of the community they live in and they're really really into what they're selling and then john and i have a fun little star wars collectible story that we share well instead of telling their story before they tell their story (laughs) what do you say we get started with our feature guest sergeant red all right we can do that all right remember the seller community podcast is produced by list perfectly every week for your enjoyment and the show notes can be found at listperfectly.com slash podcast. All right, let's get started with Sergeant Red. John and Dee are Sergeant Red, toy and collectible sellers. They have a really amazing story, so we don't want to reveal too much right now. Uh, we'll let them do that. John and Dee, so nice to meet you. Sergeant Red, welcome. Hello, hello. hello. Liz. How are you hey, guys? Thanks. thanks for being here. You are quite welcome. Thanks for having us. I'm going to jump right into it, if that's okay. Yes, yeah, go for it. So tell me, how did the two of you meet? So the joke is, <laughs> at our wedding, the best man gave a speech and said that you told him it was the best, what? 995 hours. 9, 9, <laughs> oh. like that. But um, back in the day, like, you know, you can buy anything online nowadays, yeah. right? So we uh, we met on what Match.com. Way back in the day, my uh, roommates were doing, you know, the online dating thing. And I thought, okay, why not? And it was like brand new, right? And um, we had set up our first, we talked on the phone. I knew he was a police officer. And we set up our first date. And he said he would come pick me up. And I told people at work that this guy I met, we were just going to pick me up. And they're like, are you crazy? That's so dangerous. <laughs> so I told him, I'm like, I'm going to meet you there instead. He's like, you realize if I'm an ex-murderer, you've already given me your address. And I'm like, oh, my Not God. Not what I saw, like, by the way. <laughs> but so I, I did end up meeting him at the restaurant. She showed up late. I, I almost was hooked very, up with the waitress. I was very late. I was very late. I was very nervous. <laughs> but by the end of the date, by the end of the date, he was like trying to book three more dates with me. Listen, you got to book stuff out in advance. I'm a very busy <laughs> man. So I said, if you want to have a shot and make this work, I'll give you a couple options and we'll go from there. <laughs> very efficient. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> so Sergeant Reds is a veteran-owned business. And John, you were in the military. So tell us a little bit about your service. I was in the Marine Corps for four years. I joined straight out of high school. Um, I was stationed in Washington, D.C. for my entire tour. Uh, There's nothing going on when I was in from 96 to 2000. And uh, what they call you guys? Didn't they call you guys something? Awesome. But well, besides that, <laughs> like pretty boys or something like that. Oh no, poster. Yeah, because we were at, we did all the um, ceremonies and stuff. So yeah, they you, they only pick people are certain heights and all this stuff. That was back then. I don't know what they do now. It was fun. I, I, I learned a lot, but it wasn't super exciting. It was almost like being in the Air Force. Probably a little bit harder. <laughs> so, no, I just did four years in, and then I got out, and I got a job in law enforcement, um, first with Arlington County, and then I moved out to Loudoun County. and did that forever. Forever. And then retired. All right, so Dee, tell us, tell us your background. So I have been a corporate desk jockey for a lot of years. <laughs> I um, I went to school. I was going to be a veterinarian. And just, you know, all I have to say, kids, is like, if you're going to college and you hit the hard stuff, even if it's something you want to do, you don't always have to use it in everyday life. You just have to figure out the game that you want to play, right? But anyway, so I ended up getting out of school, looking, not sure what I wanted to do. And I landed a job in IT because somebody knew somebody helped me get a job. And I had an amazing first boss that was my mentor. And I've just stuck in the IT realm in corporate America since then. So the joke is always that I'm like Chandler from Friends because nobody knows what I do. People ask me all the time, what does your wife feel like? I don't know. She's on the computer She's and the computer. phone all day. Um, I But right now I, I do like telecommunications auditing. So it's not glamorous or anything but i'm telling it's it's you know it gives me flexibility and your store sergeant red is focused around toys d are you into toys as much as john and if so wow i don't know how how can we take that one i don't know um (laughs) <laughs> we should specify like action figures kids. Let's say action figures. So are you into action figures <laughs> and the products you sell in your store as much as John? And if so, 
What's your favorite? All right. So nobody is as into toys as this guy. Like his <laughs> aspirations were vintage to, collectible toys. Yeah. Vintage toys, like toys from your youth, like his aspirations to play for a living. Um, me, I have a major soft spot for pound puppies. Like, I don't know if you remember them when you were little. Mm -hmm. I, oh, I had a little red, her name, I don't remember what her name was supposed to be, but I named her Ginger, like a little red squishy pound puppy. Oh, it was my favorite thing carried around everywhere. And then, of course, like My Little Ponies and stuff like that. So it's actually really fun when when we find something or he comes in with something. And I'm like, oh, I remember playing with that. Like oh, She squeals like a little girl. <laughs> <laughs> I do love like stuffed animals or toys that like make noise and like do something. I think they're so fun. That, that Those are my favorites. That That's yeah. my favorite. If it has, if it like, I remember being obsessed with Tickle Me Elmo when it first came out and all that fun stuff. So. And I was in high school then, I think. So <laughs> I'm a little old to play with toys, but still, you You're know, never whatever. Never too old to play with toys. No. You're never too old to play with toys. I was playing with toys earlier today. <laughs> but as far as like, I think John's got me beat, though. He's definitely the the obsessive connoisseur <laughs> of all the toys. But I get it. That '80s <laughs> and '90s nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah. It's such cool toys. Absolutely. It's, it's nice to have all of this. It brings you back to a simpler time, you know? Yeah. When we were kids, you didn't think about all the garbage that was going on in the world, all the politics, all the you know, conflict and all that. You just play you, you don't worry about it. So it's nice to be able to kind of go back and remember all that stuff and just go back I think to an easier time. That's the draw of it because you start playing with it and you remember the scenarios that you had in your head and everything, like the whole world just seemed open and an adventure and everything. So it just, it takes you, when you start playing with stuff, it just takes you back there in your mind and, and everything. It's just, it just feels good. Right. Yeah. We've been stopped by people, you know, who have said, Oh, you do vintage toys. Have you heard of this game that, that I remember playing with my grandmother way back when, and can you help me find it? Cause I've always been looking for it. I'd love to get it again. Like, you know, that kind of stuff is just really cool. Especially when it's like that, you know, there's a reason behind it. It's not like I just want another thing or, you know, whatever, but it like, it's, it's the memory tied to the item, which is just, just so fun. Yes. Yeah, These childhood awesome. memories. <laughs> sounds weird. <laughs> Back to a simpler time when it was just the empire and the rebellion. Exactly. Right. Exactly. exactly. Star Trek. Let's go. <laughs> yes. I was exactly. going to say the biggest conflicts I remember <laughs> growing up. <laughs> I say the biggest conflicts I remember growing up in my house were He-Man and Barbie. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, that was the biggest conflict. <laughs> John and I met at in Akron, Ohio in the dead of winter. It was a retail revival. It was the it first was retail, retail revival. revival. Was it the first one? John had said that eBay helped him start a family, helped you guys start a family. So tell us about that and, you know, how you discovered eBay. So, I mean, I obviously knew about eBay. I used it back when I was younger. I still remember the first time I got on eBay was, I was in the Marine Corps, it was probably 97, 98. I think I sold things here and there on there on eBay. But then the, the main reason we started selling is we were trying to raise money for an adoption. Um, we just started selling stuff we had around the house. So, I mean, even a step back from that, like we went through um, an infertility journey, right? Yeah. Um, trying to start a family. The old fashioned way wasn't working. Um, and eventually found our ways uh, to adoption. And we were looking at domestic adoption. We were looking at domestic private adoption, and it's expensive. So we were being industrious and trying to figure out, you know, how do we raise this money? Where, you know, where can we find it? So we just started like selling, selling everything. everything. <laughs> if it wasn't nailed down, it was sold. If you did to me and left something in the yard, it got sold. The cops didn't want. And I never did it again. That part of lie. Uh, I did a lot after that. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but even so, even um, his family um, up here were throwing a fun. This is funny, actually. Yeah, we were in, they were in Michigan, and we, we at were, the time were in West Virginia. We were in West Virginia, and they planned months and months ahead of time to throw this fundraiser for this big bowling fundraiser. Well, all the stars aligned, and our son showed up and got to go to his own fundraiser. Yeah, he was like this big. He was teeny. He was like a couple weeks old. Like, he was a tiny little dude. Oh, my gosh. He it was a miracle. Fell out of the sky. Like, he has red hair. Um, like, he has gray hair. And it, like, it, our, the story and everything and the timing of everything. He was born. He Actually, this is a little sad, but he was born the same day my mom passed away. 
so like their souls passed in the atmosphere and like it's just meant to be 100 percent so anyway, so back to, we go to this fundraiser and John's childhood friends, which are still in touch with today, were interested in helping, right? And, but they didn't, um, they didn't have any, you know, money to give or anything. So what they give you? I got a duffel bag of <laughs> Magic the Gathering cards. So if you're not familiar with Magic the Gathering, it's like a collectible card game. It's been around since like 93. Um, and I, I remember playing it. I remember playing it like in high school and I had some fond memories of it. It was, it was fuzzy. I don't really remember how to play and all that stuff. I mean, mm -hmm. just the basics. But I did remember like some of these cards for value. I remember some cards were like $20, $30. So, you know, I get these, this duffel bag of cards. I'm like, cool, I'm going to go through these. And, well, they're all newer cards. Like stuff from like, shoot, they're probably like, at the time 10-year-old sets or something along those lines. And I'm looking through them and finding the old cards I remember. And I was like, oh, this card's expensive. And I look it up and I was like, dang, that ain't worth anything anymore because they reprinted it so many times. It was like worth uh. a nickel. So but we ended up going through them all and finding, like, I didn't realize that they had changed it where you could tell the rarity by looking at different things. So I just, you know, started learning about Magic Gathering. And we started selling those cards and then buying collections and then selling those, you know, selling the single cards from those collections. And we branched out into, like, um, vintage toys. But it really started. Magic it started was really, magic, like, yeah. the start was Magic the Gathering. Um, because and our story is magical. Because our story is magical. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but he um, he figured it out, like, because his his inclination and everything is research, like figure out everything, how it works and everything and found out like there's a stock market basically for magic cards They go up, they go down, depending on what they do, what's going on in the market. Yeah, certain cards get banned or if they yeah. become like there's older cards that were worth like a nickel. And then a new card comes out that interacts with this old card really well. So that card shoots up in price. So I'm running back to the warehouse, pulling out all those cards. <laughs> <laughs> you know, go back down. But it's it's crazy. There's a lot that goes into it. So and so we just he just kept doing it. Like he enjoyed it so much. So it did help us give us a big boost and everything to help um pay the adoption expenses and everything. Um and just kept that going with it. Yeah. I mean I was like, yeah, let's just keep doing it. We're making all this extra money on the side. It's fun. <laughs> And I think we did that. Well, my son, he's going to be eight. So we've been doing it for what, eight, nine years now, yep. like selling. And then mm -hmm. it got to the point in my career, I was like, you know what? I have enough time to retire. We don't have any family down here. You know, my parents are getting older. I want my kids to know their grandparents yeah. and know their family. And we were up here looking at somewhere to buy for an actual brick and mortar building. And, you know, the places we looked at fell through. And we're like, whatever. So it was, my parents like, there's an open house over there, like three streets over. So, like, we walked over and we're looking at this house. And I was like, you want to move up here? We can, we can just buy this place. We'll move it up. It was just <laughs> totally not, I mean, it was planned, but not planned. It wasn't uh -huh. exactly on the timeline, but the house showed up and we're like, yeah, let's move to your parents' neighborhood. Let's just do it. Yeah. So that so, was kind of, it was kind of impromptu. We really weren't planning on moving. And then I was like, shit, I got enough time. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was all tied again, still to kiddos because our daughter, um, we had, we couldn't move until our adoption was finalized. So um, we'd like, bought the house in the fall, I think, and her adoption still hadn't even been scheduled yet. Yeah. Um, and so she had two houses in her house. Yeah, basically. Um, oh. And so we just, you know, bide our time and made plans and everything. And then when we, we moved up here in the spring. It was April, right? In Tonight, April. Because we yep, in April. finalized the adoption in January. And then by April, we had sold the house and we're moving up here. And it by August, no, it was the next August, right? Yeah, was it the first yeah, summer? This, this August will be one year. Okay, okay. So we were, so then then it was like, okay, we're here and we're starting to like do everything online and we're like, okay, next step. What are we going to yeah. do? Let's just find a place let's that find we can something. get and you know, have a little physical location. One, you can get um, you know, distributors and everything like that. If you're doing it online, a lot of places won't let you. Like there's distributors I have, I can't sell on eBay. Like there's certain products like, right. no, if you sell it on eBay, we're going to cut you off. So there's a lot of, there's benefits to it. Plus I wanted to make somewhere that would be kind of like a community, like just gathering place, you know, and, and kind yeah. of, we were looking around our house. I wanted to be somewhere in our neighborhood. Um, initially we looked at how many places we looked at a bunch a of, different lot places. of places, but when, so was it your retirement and your move when you just bulked up and said it's eBay and then started looking at the storefronts? You were doing two, three full-time jobs yeah, for had, a while. Yeah, a while going on. But, yeah. Um, you know, having the opportunity to sell online and, and, and do all that stuff kind of gave me the, you know, I don't want to say push, but in the back of my head, I was like, you know what? I'm making enough doing this. I don't need to be out here, you know, pushing a cruiser at two in the morning. And 
I was working a day shift and I got switched to a night shift and it was just hard with the kids and everything. I was like, you know what? I'm too old for this crap. <laughs> you know, we had enough I had enough time in. I was like, you know, because you use your time from the military and all that. I was like, I'm out. And I just uh put in my retirement papers. I got my retirement credentials. And, and the all that plan was to retire and then go do sergeant reds full time. Yeah, you'd already the have plan. a house. Mm -hmm. They yeah, well, they would ask you all the time because your yeah. phone would go off at work and it would go ching. Yeah. And they'd be like, Oh, what'd you sell? <laughs> oh, you get that easy eBay money. I was like, one, it's not easy, okay? <laughs> it's a pain in the butt. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess it was one of the things that helped allow me to leave early and all that yeah. stuff. Well, so. there was you had the accident. Oh no, yeah, I got hit head on by a drunk driver, so that yeah. was fun. Had a big yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'm glad I wasn't in my cruiser. That I was actually driving back from buying a Magic Card collection. Wow. And uh, some guy, he was a uh, he was drunk. I said guy, he was a kid, 18 years old, but he was uh, he was high and drunk and yeah. decided, hey, let me crash into this dude's truck. Yeah. So that was what a year before you retired, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Well, almost two years, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, something like that. It's, it's all a blur. blur. Like, all that time <laughs> was a blur. But it, it kind of changes things. Like, something like that, like a major accident, and it changes things, too. It's like, do I really want to be doing this, you know? Well, that is hard to, like, do, wear, wear all the gear and be yeah. on your feet all day when your back's hurting. So, yeah. here we are now doing this and uh, working on this building. We looked at, how many buildings did we look at? A, a lot of buildings. I a feel lot. like we looked at a lot of spaces. I know we we fell in love with one that wasn't meant to be. Yeah. So the place we ended up going with, and why we did. I know why. It's a, it's a sentimental thing, too. So this Tell place us. used to be a novelty shop when I was a kid. And I would go up there, we'd ride What's our bikes. No what is a novelty shop? They sold, like, stink bombs and, like, costumes and, like, all kinds of stuff. Like, fake poop, big chattering teeth, all that kind of stuff. So we used to go there when we were kids all the time. And uh, we would probably like stink bombs and smoke bombs. And so it was just a place we went and it was like falling apart. It was vacant. It had been sitting there since 1992. We, it wasn't even listed for sale. And I was like, man, this place is cool. Let me get a hold of this lady. So I got a hold of her. So she let us in and walk around, walking around. I'm like, wow, this place is awesome because it's still filled with all the novelty stuff. Like, from it, it's been vacant since 1992 and it is filled with like old stuff. balloons and like wow. just you name it. And you know, being someone who sells stuff online, I'm like, you know, but but also, like the insulation's coming yeah, down. Yeah, the ceilings ceiling. were falling down. I mean, there was uh, and he's like, a bucket of water. I was like, is that leaking? What's going on he's here? Like, come look at this place with me. Come on. And I'm like, oh my <laughs> goodness. Are you kidding? Yeah. You can really walk through it. There's so much stuff in there. Yeah. I think I'm on dumpster number nine. So regardless. you cut a deal. So yeah, we ended up cutting cut a deal, deal with the place. We had the inspector come out and look at it. Is there anything major wrong with this? Well, he couldn't see behind the walls, clearly. But uh, from what he saw, he was like, no, no. He's like, he was actually surprised at how nice it was. Yeah. Well, I cleaned the place up. I got permission from the lady. Hey, you know, can I clean this place out? So I got the inspector see all the walls and see what's going on. And she's like, yeah, you can have whatever you want. I'm like, free stuff. <laughs> so, you know, load. I paid for a dumpster and cleaned it out and then um, kept all the stuff that we wanted. And um, my realtor was like, you're stupid. You're going to try to buy this. He didn't want to. He was like, no, oh, it's, it's worth it. Because why'd you pay for a dumpster? I was like, Man, I'm gonna make my money back on that dumpster from selling this. I've already sold this, this, and this. Yeah. Like, really? <laughs> I'm like selling mylar balloons for like fifty dollars. It's crazy. I wow. mean, a lot of stuff that got thrown away. You know, mm -hmm. people didn't save old balloons; they blew them up and they popped. Right. So, just random stuff like that throughout the building. But this place, I mean, uh, and I don't know if you guys have been on our YouTube channel, but we just video recorded the entire thing from the first day taking <laughs> to the place um, to tearing out walls and finding. Uh, Dead animals crushing through the ground and graveyards of squirrels. I mean, uh, I still remember the one I was pulling up the last piece of uh, drywall of the ceiling or plaster in a corner of the upstairs office where your office will be. And this thing, the plaster comes down, and then the, the there's insulation. Well, it flips down and doesn't come all the way down, but there's like this skeleton stuck in it. It's like, ah, like oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> a, squirrel, a squirrel. Oh yeah, not a, a person. Oh, you know. yeah. oh, speaking of finding things, we found a newspaper yep. up in the ceiling. Yeah, the from... newspaper fell out from it was uh, 1914. Wow. So the building, the half. There's two buildings, two halves of the building. So the back half used to be a house, and I guess it was built. I think it was 1906 from the research I found. How old it goes back, and then if you look. At the um, the front half, it's like a one story part that was added on in the '60s, and apparently the building used to be a dentist office. It used to be a daycare, um, probably a coven for witches at some point. It's pretty, <laughs> pretty spooky in there at night. I'm not gonna lie, um, but they're protected ghosts. Protected. Okay. <laughs> Don't break in. <laughs> I was gonna say I. As you're telling me this, I'm like, yeah, I remember seeing some of that on YouTube, and you've built a YouTube following, so you've you've documented more than just this. Oh, yeah. oh, you've yeah. had a YouTube 
uh, channel for a while. So how, just kind of go back and tell us, how did that YouTube channel come about? How did it start? I don't even remember. <laughs> oh, you know what? It started with the, you would research how to do some things and you're like, oh, I can do this. Like, I think there was a time somebody sent something in really bad packaging and you're like, this is ridiculous. Oh, I yeah. want to do a video and teach people how to pack things the right way. I never did do a video on how to pack things. But you did it <laughs> very beginning. I remember that was, it was part it of it. It basically started as rants, I think. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. A little bit of that, yeah. And then just kind of doing some collections and going through stuff like that. And uh, it kind of evolved into what we're doing now. Where we're trying to, like, when I go buy a collection, I'll, I'll talk to people. Hey, do you want to be on video? We can talk about what you like. You know, give, give me a little history on this. You know, and they yeah. can share the memories they had of this stuff and, you know, what their favorite things are. And kind of give you the story of not just the item, but the story behind it. Like, why, you know. The, the feelings. Yeah, the emotions. Because yeah. it's more than just an object. You know, if someone is selling something from their childhood, they're selling their childhood memories. You know, obviously they don't necessarily want it because they're selling it but it's important to them or it was at some it was point. also really interesting too with some cool people to hear the stories yeah they would tell stories about like they were selling it because the need was so much bigger than the yeah. emotions tied to the item like i think there was a woman that was paying for her sister's cancer oh, treatment yeah. yeah that was the first like i think it was the first collection video we did yeah yeah, yeah. and and you know it's very it's just kind of like you were saying earlier like just learning people's stories like that's the big thing about it right it's not it's not just the the toy the plastic the like the item but it's definitely the story and everything that goes yeah. along with it that's so special so yeah so definitely go we'll, we'll put a link in the show notes to your youtube channel because it is it's not just watch us and if it was it would still be interesting but but it's it's multifaceted like it's it's awesome. And that's what you're bringing up is really important too, because everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people have like a certain niche of things they work yeah. in. But then like you can come together because, you know, you're going to talk to somebody who they've got a house full of stuff and they have like all these records and they're like, yeah. oh, I don't know what to do with these records. And then we're like, well, that's not our thing. But I know somebody who does want to do records. Yeah, actually, I've done that a couple times with people. Yeah. Like I have it's actually one of the videos that's getting ready to come out. There was a woman I met with the other day, and she had a collection of old, like, uh, battery-operated tin toys, like, from the 50s and 60s that yes. were her husband's. He passed away. Um, but he also was in the trains, like, the, the, the model trains with the tracks and all that stuff. And she's like, well, I have all this. Are you interested in this? I was like, no, I don't know anything about trains. I don't want to. It's, it's, it's a big train table. And, like, I guess he was, like, 80-something. He'd go down there and just spend all his time. Like, I was talking to her. I could tell she was getting emotional. She didn't want to try to break them down individually. She wanted it just to go. It's hard for her to go through all this stuff, and you know, because she had the memories of it. I was like, well, I can do this. I said, I don't have a huge following. We have like like 9,000 and some people on our YouTube page. And then we have some more on our Facebook page. I said, I could take videos of this and I'll put it out. And if anyone's interested in it, they can get in touch with me and I'll get them in touch with you on buying this collection. So it's nice to be able to help people out in situations like that. Because mm -hmm. um, it's not something I'm going to buy. And I really don't know any trained people. But I know I've had people before uh, with the BMX bike. Yeah. Uh, a buddy of mine, Brian, um, actually met him. I met most of the people I hang out with now. I've met through either buying a collection or selling them something up here. <laughs> Uh, but he's making the BMX bikes, and he saw that BMX bike that I found in the, the 80s toy house. I don't know if you guys have seen that series, but that's where we had this house, and it was filled with toys. It was insane. But there's this old BMX bike, and his buddy was, like, big in the BMX bikes, and he was big in the BMX bike. So I ended up, all right, yeah, let's uh, let's do this. Uh, you want the BMX bike? And he was helping with some stuff at the shop, like some of the construction. He's like, I tell you what, I'll pay you this and all the work I've done for that bike. I was like, you're going to give me money to do construction work? Sweet. <laughs> He's actually a really cool dude. We've been hanging out. Yeah, now, he's so. a great guy. But we've met a lot of people like just through this because you have similar passions, you know. Mm -hmm. But I got a kid who does. Uh, he sells old clothes, like T-shirts and things like that. So if I have collections of stuff, and I'll be like, "Hey, I know someone who wants this old clothes. If you want to sell that, so it's good to network because if they find toys, which he does, um, he'll sell the toys to me. And you know, if I find and it helps too because a lot of people get in that situation where they're like, they have you know a house to clean out, you know, because somebody has passed away or something like that, and they. Maybe they are in their mind. They're like, okay, I've got furniture. I know that's worth something, but I have all this other junk. Hmm. But some of that stuff really is a junk and we want to, yeah. you know, get the right person because it's valuable to the right person. So all that, you know, connection and networking yeah. um, goes yeah. a long way. And it helps that person too, because they end up making, And that's you know, where it comes into play too, being nice and being fair to people. Like this, this lady that I talked to the other yeah. day, that hopefully she'll know some people who has similar items that she knows I gave her a fair amount of money. Like I've had people... Just recently, oh, just take it. It's free. I was like, I'm gonna give you some money for it. I'm not yeah. gonna take it for free. Yeah. yeah. They're kind of, they were taking. Money. You're gonna give me money for this stuff. I was just gonna, you know, I, was gonna I just give wanted it to, to get rid of it. <laughs> you know, what goes around comes around. And I know there's people that 
they'll be out there and they'll basically they know something's worth a hundred dollars, for example. Well, I'll give you ten dollars for it. Like, That's kind of scuzzy, you know. I, I get you gotta make a profit, but don't don't cheat people. I've had a lot of repeat customers. There's someone who'll call me like, hey, you sold or you bought this collection from my buddy Doug, you know, and he said you were nice to give him a fair price and you know, ended up buying their collection as well. But if I was like a jerk to this person, you know, it's not right. It's not going to happen that way. Right. Speaking of collections, Doug, how long was it? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna let's let's skip straight to this. I gave Liz <laughs> a, high, a highlight, but so this will be an exclusive, John, for the first time ever. Let's tell the Star Wars saga story: the good, the bad, the ugly. It was one of your neighbors, right, Doug? Yeah, yeah. So one of Doug's neighbors, she had all these old Star Wars toys, and Doug, knowing that I sell toys, calls me he up. He dangled the carrot out said, there. Hey, man, yeah. I got these Star Wars toys. If you're interested, I can get you some pictures. So he sends me pictures, and there's all this cool Star Wars stuff. Some of it still has the original boxes and all that. Um, so cool vintage Star Wars stuff. And I was like, okay, sweet. Um, yeah, find out how much she wants for it. And I, I think what I, I know I offered a price. It's hard to offer a price when you can't see something. Yeah. You, know, you see a picture, it's it's hard. Like it's like saying, Oh, here's a car. Are you interested in this car? How much do we give you? Well, I can see the outside. How many miles is on it? Does it run? You know, what yeah, what's going on with it? It took a year, Doug. Yeah. I remember sending oh, Doug wow. what's the situation? Because first she was gonna mail it to me, but like I was like, I don't think she's ever gonna do it. And I was like, Doug, come on, man, I'll give you a finder's fee. Just go over there and get it all and like mail it to me. <laughs> Which I ended up doing. I think I gave Doug some money too. I can't remember if I did a YouTube video on the box opening or not. I think I did a Facebook Live. You we guys did. did. But it was like what two huge boxes? Yeah. Was three stuff? boxes. Was it three? I I was I mean, there was a lot of stuff. And then I bought some stuff you had. Wait, too. did I have the helmets and the Mandalorian helmet? Was that the It set? wasn't the Mandalorian, it was Boba Fett, but yes. Yeah. Oh, sorry. The mask <laughs> Fail, sorry. <laughs> uh, you tried, but you know. So from, from from my point of view, I was like, sweet, Doug found this collection. He's gonna hook us up and get this thing out to us, which he did. From your point of view, though, Doug, was I annoying? Because I, I think it was like yeah. every like month or so. I'm like, hey, and What's it's going on? and we started. What do we call it? We called it the. Um, we had a code name for it. What was it? Oh, we called it Operation Mandalorian. Well, I, mean, I think it was Mandalorian. Mandalorian had started out like <laughs> several months into the saga. And I was trying to get over there to look at the stuff. And it was like, oh, I can't do it this weekend. And so then we got a picture of some of the stuff. And it was like insane because a lot of them still had boxes. Yeah. And there was some stuff I'd never seen. There were like two Millennium Falcons, right? Yeah. And then I had some stuff. My son, it's funny, he was super into Star Wars when he was young. And then he wanted to get rid of all of his stuff, which you guys got. And now he's yeah. into Star Wars again. But, uh, but I can list it for him if he's interested. <laughs> I'll, I'll let him know. Yeah, he's a, yeah, you never know. But we had a lot of back and forth. And then there were photos back and forth. And then there was the struggle back and forth where she's like, she didn't want to, she didn't want to pack it up. She didn't know how to pack it up. She didn't want to ship it. She didn't know how to ship it. And so this is where the story gets really funny. So I go to the Home Depot. I get a bunch of big boxes and I pack this stuff up. We were going to do a boxing up and then an unboxing video. Yeah. And then it was just that that added probably another at least month onto the timeline. Yeah. The logistics <laughs> of that would have been like, uh. <laughs> so finally we decided that I was going to ship the stuff. And I've got it all boxed up in the car. So I just go, and John's like, just, just ship it and let me know what it is. Thinking that I would go to the to the post office, but I went to the UPS store because it was super close to my house and I didn't want to drive across the oh, yeah, um, the shipping was town. from California to Michigan. It was like what four hundred bucks. It was something like that. And you're like, and it was all via text. <laughs> like, no, like, what are you doing? <laughs> you're kidding, right? And I'm like, no. And you're like, like second oh. day air or something crazy. Okay. <laughs> and I'm like, I wanted to get it to you fast. I mean, it's good stuff. <laughs> you got here fast. <laughs> so, but that was, no, it was, it that was, was a shipping cool. lesson for me. There was a lot of cool stuff in there, a lot of figures. And actually, there was a Yoda in there, and a guy was watching our live video. And he's like, I want that Yoda because it was a one that had like an orange snake versus oh, a brown yeah. snake. So I met a guy. Monty, it's not Oh, that's name. how you met Monty. And that's how I met this guy. Like, we're good friends now. Our <laughs> sons are collection. good friends. Yeah. You've kind of built this community outside of a selling community. So you kind of have a buying community. Buying kind of in your backyard. You, you know, yeah. like you've made those connections and you've talked to people that you stay in contact with. Um, I know that we talk a lot about like the selling community side, which I think that's pretty cool to hear about the buying side that, yeah. that, that you two, uh, that the two of you have formed in that community. 
but you've done a lot with eBay, some yeah. work with eBay and the eBay community. So, and you've done some events. Um, can you tell us about some of those? First one we did was one in DC where we went down for oh, the, the DC um, fly-in. Yeah, it was the DC fly-in. I, I think it was a sales tax. They were talking about doing the internet or the sales tax and they wanted the sellers to have to pay the, the, the state sales tax and all that stuff. And that was interesting. So they sent out a, like a limo out to our house. I remember we were he was driving like, distance. He was so excited. He was like, oh, they're going to send a car to pick me up and everything. No, right? And then the next one, I think, was the one in Akron, I believe. Because the, the veterans one, that was after that. Part of what you guys have done is you've built up a really cool brand around Sergeant Reds. So you've got the stickers. You've got the T-shirts. I've got stickers. I've got a hat. I've got pens. I have a T-shirt shirt I think tell us awesome. uh and that came early on right the oh. animated uh yeah. Yeah, yeah that came on that was pretty early i've always been the way i look at it is if you're a business and you're a small business in particular you are your brand so would you rather buy from a giant corporation that's like a big faceless entity or would you rather kind of you don't know, know who you're buying from I, personally i would rather know the person behind it and like kind of see where everything's coming from. So I, I feel like you are your business and you want to put yourself out there. So I was like, let's do all this. And she's like, you're going to do what? You're going to get these t-shirts. Why don't you get these cheap ones? I was like, cause these are comfortable. I wear these all the time. <laughs> my wardrobe. It's like you go and you open my closets all the same. Time. It's all the same. Yeah. <laughs> but I think we had a lot of fun with that. And like, I really like writing and, and creating stuff. So it was just fun to like, you know, put it together and design it. And then, he just took it. He's like, well, we can have this made and we can do this and blah, blah. I'm like, okay. Well, the art on our business cards, so our business cards were made where one side was like a magic gathering token. Well, both sides really yeah. got out the information. So the first one was our son um, as a goblin. The mm -hmm. next one was our buddy Eric, one of the guys who donated a lot of the cards. And, the, an and he was an ogre. And the last one we did was uh, the other friend, Paul, who donated cards. He's like a necromancer with zombies. So that's where we started with all that branding. It's, it's just, just fun. fun. Like, yeah. yeah I like. Now I like we have it. one that's me as Uncle Sam. Pointing at it, I want you to have your toys. It's got like all the old toys around me and stuff. The one challenge with selling vintage toys and vintage anything really is sourcing and finding it. There's only a you know, there's a finite supply of it. You can't call up a distributor and send me a pallet of old He-Man toys. They're not making more. You of have them. to go hunt the stuff down, and then you got to look at it. And okay, is this worth buying? Because it's missing all the pieces, or it's broken, and I'm going to spend X number of dollars buying it, and I have to spend time fixing it and doing all this stuff. That's the insane thing about toys and collectibles, but especially Star Wars stuff, is you've got the collectors that are so precise, but you've also got some of the weird variations. And then you, I'm sure you see a lot of like figures that people have customized themselves. Yep. There's a lot of that out there too. There's a lot of customized figures. A lot of them that have like the paint. People will paint the weapons when they were kids. There's a lot of fake yeah. weapons and stuff. And I wish eBay would do something about that. But you go on there and people are like, oh, it's this 3D printed. And it's like, make it look a different color at least. But you're making it <laughs> exactly the same because you want it to be, you know, sold as real. So, I mean, there's ways you can tell um, the, the fakes are getting good. Same with magic cards. I've had people try to sell me collections. I'm looking at them with like jewelers look like, that's yeah, fake. fake. <laughs> But, and a lot of it's education. Like when you're buying from somebody, you spend a lot of time educating them about like how you check it. What do you know? Why are you getting to this price level and things yeah, like that? You have, to, you have to explain to people. You're getting this shop ready. You've got your advertising in place. You have your name out there and you're going to bring your online sales into store. People will be able to come in to see you instead of you having to go everywhere. Right. Yeah. And getting that education right there, kind of like a one-stop shop. Do you think it's going to change your online sales at all? Or do you think it's going to increase it? You know, I, it's gonna increase I, I think it, it will increice it. I, I, I'll probably list more. Like right now I'm so busy with getting this place built and everything. I haven't even been yeah. listing a lot yeah. of stuff. Yeah. A lot of the good stuff that we've been getting, it's like, I've been holding a lot of it back. People are like, will you sell me this? I was like, no, it's going to go into stuff. One, it's huge. Like, But I want when you come in for the grand opening, I want to be holy crap. Look, oh my god, like this is like Toys R Us. I remember this when I was a kid, so yeah. it's just something that I want to, you know, have it to be that wow thing. You walk in and it's all a bunch of dumb stuff and garbage because I sold all the good stuff. It's like, eh. and I, I get it's going to sell, right? Once it's on the shelves. But another thing, if people come in and they see all this good stuff and like, okay, this guy will buy good quality stuff and hopefully, mm -hmm. if you, oh, I have a collection and I'm getting out of the hobby, I'm going to sell it. I know he'll buy it and just kind of build up that. You know, reputation. brand and reputation for doing things the right way. But yeah, Denise actually, um, from all the advertising, people have recognized her in public. Oh my gosh. So, <laughs> are you red? Oh, it was so funny. I took my daughter to gymnastics and um, I'm, they have like a separate waiting room. I sit in the waiting room. And this guy keeps looking at me and I'm like, okay. And then finally he like She's comes like, over and he was like, excuse me, are you red? Yes, yes, I am. He's like, oh my God, I recognized you from Facebook. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, 
funniest thing. He's like, I love you guys. You're so fun. And my, I forget, he told me his wife was into something and he was into Star Wars. And it was like, it was just really cool. I was like, oh, wow. That's one of the coolest <laughs> things about doing everything. Like, and that's why we've been trying to build a brand because I've had people like stop and go, hey, I watch you on YouTube. I can't wait till this place is open. I'm like, it's kind of fun it's, it's kind of fun but then, you know, then you build this place where it's like almost a destination so people are gonna you know you might be a couple hours away but you want to come visit and check yeah. out the shop and you know talk shop and buy some stuff sell some stuff whatever you want to do so i don't know if you've seen the video on our youtube channel the mcdonald's land place playground we have <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's gonna that's be in our backyard right now but <laughs> yeah so that'll be on the side there just one thing you know people see it and hopefully they'll come and take a picture with it and we'll have behind it you know hashtag sorry to red falls on here 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 and but if they're seeing that and they want to take a picture of that maybe they're going to come inside the building so you know just more things to funnel traffic mm -hmm. and people into the building and drive up sales obviously we're not doing this just to have a fun gathering place in a museum but we need to obviously make a living off of it so you know, it's all those different things that yeah, we're trying to yeah. do to make it somewhere special. We want to honor the history of the novelty shop. So yeah. we have a we have a like a jacket that like one of those old like um, satin puffer jackets from the novelty shop. That was and, one of the employee jackets. So this is yeah. the novelty on the back. And I'm gonna have a little area where we sell novelties, kind of a throwback to the building, um, like chattering teeth and stuff. Yeah, and all that stuff. Oh, that's Plus so cool. the old merchandise that we actually found in there. We're gonna be selling in there. So just to kind of, you know, make it something special. One, we're bringing back this building that was right on the main street of our town that was dilapidated and falling down and covered in vines. I mean, once we're done, I'm going to be doing a video compilation of like, you know, you walk in, this is what it looks like now. This is what it used to look like. Yeah. But I know right. a lot of the people local, they're like, I'm so glad you're doing something with that place because it was ugly. It was an eyesore. <laughs> I mean, it's still kind of ugly. The building's weird looking, but I like it. We have our own website. And most of that stuff is it's just through Shopify and it links to eBay. So it's one stop. I put it in there. So like you can buy t-shirts? Do you face any unique challenges in the toys and collectibles market? Is it, or is it just pretty mainstream? Um, you know, the, the main issue we touched on earlier was with just sourcing because you're finding mm -hmm. all the items. But the other one is you're dealing with collectibles. You're dealing with something that someone wants and it's their passion about this item. So you need to make sure it's packed well. I, I, I pack my stuff really good. I've never had someone say something showed up damaged um, because of the packing issues. I bought things on the other hand that <laughs> someone shipping a bubble mailer. Like you can't put a vintage 1982, whatever Star Wars figure on the card. You're selling it for you know premium because it's not open in a bubble mailer. I mean, how would you like it if I sold that to you for a couple hundred dollars and I just threw a bunch of stamps on it and mailed it? You know, it's you don't do that. It's like spend the extra two dollars and buy a box for God's sakes. It's not yeah. that I don't want to get something in an ego box. Half of the value is in the box. A you lot. don't want your box to be crushed because the main reason they bought your item was yeah. because it was mint. Like the box yeah. is a display. Right. It is. A lot, and a lot of those just got thrown away because think about it when you're yeah. a kid back in the 80s, you rip it open and that, that's gone. You don't save the boxes. A lot yeah. of stuff now people buy stuff and it's like, I'm buying one to open and one to keep sealed because they saw what happened with the older stuff and the, yeah. the prices kind of go up on that. You know, that's the thing when you find a bunch of vintage stuff that's still in the boxes and still on the card, it's, it's, it's rare. And that's what makes it more valuable. And if everyone saves them, then they're, you know, supply and demand. I know this is more recent and not vintage, but my kids freak out that I take Funko Pops out of the box. But that's what they're meant for. You have a display. Yeah. It's your toy. Open up. You want to display it? Open it up. But a lot of the new packaging, you can almost open up and keep it, you know, put it right back in if you want. But, or buy two. I'll sell you two. I don't care. Do you have one single Holy Grail toy or collectible that you keep an eye out for? Um. Not really in particular. Yes. No. I do. You do? What's your holy grail? I want a black lotus. It's a toy. <laughs> it's a magic card. It is. No, there's no <laughs> look, for, look for that stuff that's rare, something that's unusual. I mean, I have like 300 of the same Luke Skywalker, but if you find it in a box, you know, yeah, it's 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 rare. It's more 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 valuable so you're always looking for that kind of stuff in the condition there's a couple things i collect but you myself, want it but... in the, what what you want though is the unexpected like there you know you can go and buy a black lotus and spend a lot of money what you want to do is like somebody clean out their house and send, sells you a box of something and you find like the valuable toy in there that nobody oh, yeah that's hidden. like that that's like the house that we bought and i keep going back to that because it was probably the coolest thing i've ever bought in my life was a consciousness house but we were cleaning out the basement and it was it had gotten wet it was disgusting and there's this dresser and i was like the drawers are seized up we couldn't open it and uh i was like well shit, we, we bought everything this dresser's mine so my buddy monty boom hits the door of the hammer and uh i went upstairs to get something and he's like 
hey, come down here. And I go downstairs and he's like, boom, busted open and all the silver falls out, like silver coins. Like it was filled, oh. like a six drawer dresser filled with silver coins. I was like, wow. oh my God. You know, so wow. if we didn't buy the entire contents, that's something that we want to find the Star Wars toys, like the ones yeah. that were found in the closet that were buried under stuff. Like a bag of them. I would have never found that if I would have just bought the toys. And I mean, right. wanted to buy just the toys, but he had someone else who was trying to buy everything, like an, an antique store. Like, all right, fine, I'll buy everything. Let me make you an offer. And my offer was higher than the other guy's offer, so we ended up with everything. <laughs> so, what do your kids think about mom and dad owning a toy store? <laughs> I mean, every time a box shows up, they're like, "Woo! Can I have this? Can I have this?" <laughs> they, they, I mean, yeah, they they live in a toy store. There's an area on the shop, like the, the attic area. It's like the third floor. We, we finished off his attic because it's got a giant ceiling. It's a big room. And I told them, I said, that's going to be your guys' room. That's so you guys and daddy and mommy are working. You know, you guys can have your playroom up there. You can have your TV right. and like uh, some toys and all that. And he's like, myself, like, you need a shelf of these and a shelf of these. And he's telling me what like inventory I need to get. Yeah. You know, if daddy has shelves of those, you can't just go take them. <laughs> but then, like, he'll come in with his like money that he has. Like, can I buy this from you, dad? I'm like, I'll give you that money. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you two have got to be the coolest parents ever. Because seriously, like, what do your parents do? Um, they own the toy store. Like, seriously, how cool is that? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, that's fun. They, I think the tough the tough part though is there's some things that they they want and they're like, you can't have that. You can't play with that one. Like, I'm sorry. And they're like, why not? And I'm like, because it's older than you are. And if you break right. it, then <laughs> yeah. Yeah. well, I'll, I'll get them. I'll give them the old toys to play with, like the old beaters and stuff yeah. like that. But yeah. I mean, if it's a you can't open up that like vintage Star Wars. Sorry, kiddo. Here's a loose one you can play with. <laughs> so our son now has under he understands YouTubers and and the, he likes watching certain ones about like some of the games and stuff he's online. And he was talking about like famous YouTubers, and I'm like, you know, mommy and daddy are famous YouTubers, and he's like, well, how many people? And I was like, there's like nine thousand. And he's like, that's a lot. You are famous. <laughs> that's not a lot. Actually, we're making a push for 10,000. So we need like 600 more. So if you're not already subscribed. Go subscribe. Hit the bell. Get notifications. Thank you. Tell your friends. <laughs> I think Doug subscribed. I don't know. I did. Us. We were going to do a Star Wars uh, chat. Yeah, we need to. Yeah, we should do that. Yeah, you should. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm super interested. And I know, you know, I'm in different parts of the community, different Facebook groups, Instagrams, and you know, there's just a lot of that around, but you find somebody and you find a YouTube channel that really, you know, just has great stories. And this is what I really love about that. Like your finds. And like you said, telling the stories of people that you're buying from and following your adventure of opening a store yeah. and all of the uh, challenges, maybe <laughs> you're sharing those with us, and I think that that's absolutely awesome. If you just do it as only showing the good stuff, you know, it's not as interesting. You know, when someone's watching your channel on YouTube or anything, any kind of entertainment, you know, they want to be either entertained or informed because you're going on YouTube to learn how to's or you're going on YouTube to, to laugh or watch something interesting. So it's like you try to make it something that's interesting to watch, and I mean, it, we probably don't hit it out of the park every time or you know, hardly ever, honestly. But it's always good to try to have that in the back of my mind when we're trying to do content. Like, how do we make it so people want to come back and watch more? And then once we get the shop open, obviously, I mean, if someone comes in, it'll be almost like a quick like pawn shop. You want to sell something? We can do a video of your collection and all yeah. that stuff and talk to you there in the shop and, and just have that as another kind of area to do that. And I think it'll be a lot more interesting um, to hear all those stories. And there's guys that I know that are like, they are so smart on Star Wars that it makes me look like <laughs> I... I no clue what you're talking about. Like literally, like these guys are like telling me all this stuff, and I learn from a lot of these people. So I always try to get those guys. Hey, come on, you know, let's do a video, and you can talk about this and and just talk about your collection. And I want to start going to people like locally that have big collections, and you know, do a video of like show off your collection, man. Show us what you got, and then try to wheel and deal and buy a piece of it or something. Like, <laughs> I was wondering, how do you know this stuff? Like, do you do research? Do you do Terapeak, Worth Point? Do you just know this stuff through the community? Or is it just a passion? He's got the passion to learn it in the first place, though. Like, you, this man has more tenacity. Wait, wait, is that is that a bad word? No, that's a good word. <laughs> than anybody I've met, me? because he gets some, he, he does not quit on things. So if it's like, oh, I don't know that, he'll figure it out. We'd be living in a van by the river with it, Denise. <laughs> That's not but, totally uh, <laughs> true. <laughs> no, a lot of that I learn as I go. You know, this is all a learning experience. I know if I go, I'll go back and watch some of my earlier YouTube videos, kind of like just to see how everything's going. I'm like, wow, I didn't know that back then. And like, you'll see some people like, 
how do you not know this? You have a toy shop. It's like, yeah, but I just started doing this right <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. and learning all these new toys. I remember a lot of the stuff I had when I was a kid, but a lot of the stuff I didn't have. There's so many different things. I'm learning as I go. So you'll see like older videos. I'm like, I don't even know what the hell this is, but now I'm like, well, this is so-and-so and this is this and this is this. And you just learn as you go, like with magic cards. Again, I mean, now I can go through a collection of magic cards. Like, okay, I know this is like a two to ten dollar card, or this is a five to ten dollar card, and have an idea, or this is just bulk garbage. You just learn as you go. I'm sure I bought a couple collections that were whammies, and um, you know, when I first started, but now it's like you just the, the more I do the it, tools. the more I learn. Then you, know? you learn the tools to use too. Like you know a lot more about where to go. Like your different resources to look things up. Oh yeah, I mean a lot of it you learn as you go. But like you were saying, like Terapeak work. Why do you normally use like WorthPoint um, or eBay? To, to try to find prices but again with vintage toys you have one that's a it's loose yeah. you know it's got it's dirty it's it's not complete and you have one that's mint in the box and you have to find comps that are reasonable and a lot of things i don't think people get when they're trying to price stuff is you know it's the cleanliness the completeness of it you know it, it's, it right. all matters the condition of it those are the three c's cleanliness condition and completeness <laughs> and those all add to the value now yeah. i learned something i came up with that like that <laughs> but I tell you what, people like to trip trip you up because even my son, we went to a medieval thing the other day, and there was a guy there selling these Minecraft figures that he was making. And my son was peppering him with questions about, well, does he use this weapon? And does it do this? And did you know this? And like the guy was like, I, he only knew like a little fraction of what my seven year old was throwing at him. He's like, dude, I just make them. I don't, I don't know how many YouTube followers they have. Like, he looked at my kids like, no habla. My son said, but you get like, because some people like they're passionate about this like one little thing and they learn everything about it. Yeah. So, you know when you have a little bit broader, you can't know it all. Yeah, you just won't all. know it all. So you just have to be right. open. Like hundred percent, you have to be open to learning more. And I think that's what makes some people successful, especially in this environment, like being open that, okay, I don't know. Teach me. Like I'll learn versus I know everything. You can't tell oh, me what yeah, to no. do. Anyone that says they know everything about everything is a liar. Like I've had guys like, how do you not know these toys? I'm like, if you, if you're telling me, you know, every single toy on the planet, you're a liar. And I'll, I'll tell <laughs> Right, right. I wasn't like some rich, spoiled kid that had every single toy. And if I was, I probably wouldn't remember half because I was a rich, spoiled kid, you know? <laughs> well, exactly. And that's, I have loved learning about the two of you, like more than I thought that I would. Do you have anything to add? I'll just go ahead and kind of close it up. So do you have anything to add? I just think, I mean, just a point of advice, anyone that's looking to get into to reselling, just find something you're passionate about, something you enjoy doing. Yeah. Because if I had to sell clothes every day for a living, I would be a shallow husk of a man that no one would want to be around. No offense, Liz. I'm not no. saying who are. I'm just saying because you like the clothes. I don't. And just yes. like I said, just find something you're passionate about. I mean, it sounds like you're passionate about the clothes. And I know Doug's really passionate about music um, and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. find something that you enjoy. It's not a job. Right. You know? 100%. Indeed. That's my words of wisdom. And, you, and and be your hardest boss. You're the hardest boss. No, you're the hardest boss. <laughs> <laughs> Damn redheads. I know, right? <laughs> I told Liz it was going to be fun. So I love your story and just the, all the interesting facets of it. You know, the kids yeah. and yeah. the family, how it got started, the store you're opening up. I want to come out and see it. I yes, can. Definitely. So, but, You'll have to come out. We'll do my grand opening and come out. All right. Oh, whenever. You're welcome whenever, obviously. All right. Come hang Liz out. Too. Just Don't play with that. <laughs> I'm coming to pick up buttons and I'm putting them in my carry-on. There you go. I'll give you two pounds of buttons. <laughs> They're yours. Thanks for joining us today, John and Dee. Uh, Sergeant Red. We've been chatting with John and Dee of Sergeant Red's Toys and Collectibles. And you can learn more about them at sergeantreds.com. And we'll include all the links in the show notes. But uh, thanks again, guys. Thank okay, you. Thanks, guys. It's been fun. Thank you. It's been great meeting you. You too. Appreciate your time. I hope our listeners enjoyed hearing the story of John and Dee from Sergeant Red. No, Liz, that was a great chat. Obviously, you know, people got to learn their story and just some advice from them too about building your brand, about, you know, thinking of yourself as a business, which is a theme we hear a lot. And then just a lot of fun little tidbits about, oh, Star Wars, squirrels, buttons, McDonald's. Yes play sets so yeah and i did i have started watching that series that they have on youtube and it's so fun i'm not much of a youtuber like to to watch like haul videos and stuff yeah. it's just not my thing i can see the value in it um it's just not the content that i consume and that's fine but they're like going through this house that they bought 
yeah. like all the contents. And it's amazing to see what you can actually buy as a seller, like entire houses worth of stuff. And this house is filled, was filled with 80s toys and stuff. Yes. And, and then them building up their new building. That's right. Yeah. It's building cool. that they're documenting that. And then there's a lot of videos with John and his dad that are really, really mm -hmm. funny. And it's the, you don't yeah. have to be into toys and collectibles and they're very entertaining. So, you know, give them a check out Sergeant Reds on YouTube and we'll put the link in the show notes. Thanks for joining us this week on the seller community podcast from list perfectly. You can find us at listperfectly.com slash podcast. And that's where the show notes will be. Leave a message or ask a question at anchor.fm slash seller community podcast. Email us at podcast at listperfectly.com. You can post a question in the List Perfectly Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash list perfectly. Use the hashtag seller community podcast and mention Liz or Doug. You can listen to us anywhere you listen to podcasts and be sure to subscribe and tell your friends. We'd also love it if you listen on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think. You can also follow us on Instagram at Colorado Reworn, Doug at Snoop.Dougie, and of course, follow Atlas Perfectly. All right. Thanks, Liz. Thanks, Doug. And we will see you next, next week. week. <laughs> that was close. <laughs> that was so far off. <laughs> We're harmonizing. If we're getting there, maybe by episode 50. Stay yeah. tuned. <laughs> yeah.